Namaste and welcome to the fourth podcast episode of the year 2023. On behalf of the whole SAP family, I would like to thank you for tuning in. Just like I thank the month of April for the blooming flowers. This is our April episode number 94 of SAP BTP Talk. And as we promised in our previous episode that we will bring in experts to talk about SAP data sphere, so we have Carsten Roof is here with us. Carsten is a senior director in the marketing and solutions team for data and analytics at SAP. Welcome Carsten to our April episode of SAP BTP Talk. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Great. Uh, Carsten, whenever we invite experts to our podcast, we play a small fun guessing game with them. Do you want to give it a try? Sure. Great. So let me brief you what the game is about. Uh, I'll be reading an abstract, mostly sci-fi related, and you must guess from where it is, like a movie, web series, or a famous quote. You can always ask for hints. Are you ready okay. to play? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Great. And here it goes. In a small town where everyone knows everyone, a peculiar incident starts a chain of events that leads to a child's disappearance. and upon finding dark government agencies and seemingly malevolent supernatural forces converge on the town can you guess from where is it from i am guessing stranger things right now oh bingo kasit bingo that's spot on and that was pretty quick <laughs> it was also very good series i really enjoyed watching that indeed indeed well done indeed and and who's your favorite character if i may go ahead and ask oh There are so many good characters in there. I'm not sure if I have a favorite, honestly. I one character that that um, I really liked, my wife absolutely hated, was uh, Lucas's uh, sister. Uh, I forgot her character name now, but uh, I just loved the energy. It was just it was pretty neat. Awesome. My favorite was always the L11, as they call her. Sure. But yeah, great. Understandable. <laughs> that was pretty quick. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> okay. So now we resume back to the topic for which you know uh, we invited you to the talk. So the first question that I have for you is a no-brainer and just like anyone who is trying some AI tool for the first time and types in what is SAP data sphere? Is this an altogether new service from SAP or an extension to something? If you can please shed light on that, it would be great. Yeah, I know I didn't this question has to come up right so we we just launched it there was a lot of uh, noise around that there are a lot of sessions around this but um of course there's other things going on as well in people's lives so if they only listened to or, or caught some of the messaging some of the stuff and, and then it didn't get the full picture then there's still the the question of is this something totally new is this something that uh just makes other releases we had in the past uh, obsolete and so on totally understand so simply put uh sap data sphere is the next generation of sap data warehouse cloud in a nutshell right um the goal we had with this release is to build a comprehensive data service that uh, enables every data professional to have simple and and scalable access to mission critical to the important business data right so there's a big focus already on the um, data professional the aim overall is to provide some sort of a unified experience for a number of different tasks of different 
actions really like data integration, uh, data cataloging, semantic modeling, data warehousing. And you see data warehousing is, is one of the several in the list here, right? And the other ones are data federation or data virtualization. But data warehousing, so data warehouse cloud seem to at least by name have a, a, a focus on data warehousing. Some of the other things were already there, but didn't even get a lot of focus on this one. So we both changed the name and we broadened the overall aim, the overall goal of the product um, by um, relaunching it and making it the next generation. It's not a totally new thing, uh, but rather we kept all the, uh, the, the powerful and the, the good capabilities of Data Warehouse Cloud. And we added newly available features like data integration, data cataloging, uh, semantic modeling features, and, and we plan to deliver on these um, uh, features, deliver more uh, as per roadmap that you can see in the open explorer. That's great. And as you talked about, you know, adding new capabilities, uh, what about those customers and obviously partners who, you know, already built solutions with DWC and are, let's say, halfway with it? Mm -hmm. All right. So that's, it's it's seamless, right? So when 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 we launched the data sphere in on March eighth, uh, all the existing data warehouse cloud installations, tenants, um, deployments got automatically renamed, re-skinned, if you want to call this, rebranded uh, to to data sphere. So what was true for data warehouse cloud is still true for data sphere. Important message for partners started to ramp up on, on Data Warehouse Cloud, and then now they hear a new term, so they're a bit confused, maybe did I really invest in the right thing? Yes, you absolutely did. So everything you already picked up on Data Warehouse Cloud, you can uh, continue to use and, and leverage um, just under the new concept of Datasphere. Uh, it's it's a next generation release, and, and as I said, you know, it, it'll follow the roadmap that we have in Roadmap Explorer. Glad to hear that. So. How does, uh, you know, these portfolio of SAP Data Intelligence Cloud and, you know, SAC fits into this whole evolution narrative? Yeah, that's a good point. So we're moving, as said earlier, we're moving some of the capabilities of data intelligence into a data sphere. But data intelligence cloud continues as its own solution. And it is no plans of sunsetting it. Right? It's continuing on. So we intend to have data sphere and data intelligence cloud as, as parallel coexisting products until the point of where data sphere supports all the um, data intelligence cloud customer use cases. So the plan is that data sphere will eventually be able to cover all the capabilities, all the target systems and all the use cases that DI right now provides. And um, in order to make this, uh, make a trans allow a transition and make the transition more, more seamless, more, more simple for customers, we plan to provide tools to facilitate a technical transition. So for the time being, um, customers that are considering data intelligence should have a quick look. Does data sphere already provide uh, the capabilities to support the use case? Uh, and if not, and, and for and very clear here, in most cases, it will not at this point, right? We're just starting out on this journey. So, so customers who for the last little while looked at, at data intelligence, they should still continue with data intelligence. Uh, chances are uh, that uh, their requirements will be best served by the product right now. But over time, you know, over the next quarters and, and multiple quarters, it's going to be quite a journey. Uh, we, we see that more and more capabilities are getting uh, moved into data sphere. And you know, maybe uh, a customer coming in, having a requirement, um, could get served with data sphere. 
and and not data intelligence anymore. And that's sort of a question that you know, has to be um, looked at over time. But for today, for now, data intelligence um, still stands head and shoulders above data sphere in terms of features and functionalities. That's wonderful. So to sum it short, both of these capabilities will coexist, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes, for the time being, they will coexist. And very important, um, we will provide uh, so customers that, that now deploy and, and go down the road of data intelligence. Um, it's not a one-way street or, or a dead end, rather. It's not a dead end, right? So we provide, we will provide capabilities to move their investment over to a data sphere uh, in time. Very well put, Karsten. And I must say that. So how does this you know, integration work with them? And if there are scenarios that require, let's say, all of these systems into one single use case, how will this you know, work seamlessly? Yeah, so maybe one good example of that is the, the integration uh, or the interplay between uh, SAP Datasphere and Analytics Cloud. So Datasphere is, is tightly integrated with SAP Analytics Cloud to support analytics and planning use cases. Um, not too, too different from uh, what we had already with Data Warehouse Cloud in the past, right? What we've done now is um, added to this. So we strengthened the integration with the release of the analytic model in Datasphere. So analytic model uh, offers a, a multidimensional modeling experience, comes with really powerful new features such as uh, calculated and restricted measures, exception, exception aggregations and pruning of attributes and so on. So something that is somewhat familiar to our customers that are coming from the BW world, right? So we're really getting very, very close to that. So with this new analytical capabilities help to solve more complex modeling requirements and also further establish data sphere models as sort of first class citizens in analytics cloud. So with that, we're going to the point where data sphere can serve as a core data foundation for extended planning and analytics with uh, SAC or SAP Dynamics. So what I would encourage everybody uh, is to look at the community. Now we can add links, I, I think, in the notes to, to this podcast, right? So um, we should add a link to the community because uh, my PM colleagues added a lot of information um, on the community. It's one of those things that has been revamped, you know, from uh, Data Warehouse Cloud to Datasphere, totally rebuilt. And uh, they've added a number of blogs on these new topics, like, for example, this analytic model and this interplay of SAC and uh, Datasphere. So that's something uh, I strongly recommend everybody to have a look at. Wonderful. Uh, and Carson, like while referencing these materials, you also mentioned about communities. Uh, we come across this term called business data fabric. And uh, it would be, you know, really great for our listeners to hear more about that. What are the offerings and what does it bring onto the table? Can you please talk about that? Yeah, business data fabric or data fabric by itself is not something that's so super new, right? Sort of it's an emerging concept that uh, was launched a few, a few years ago, which seems like a long time ago already. <laughs> but, but it's not, it's not something that is, you know, an SAP thing. Uh, the idea is that you have resources in different locations and you, you instead of moving data from one to the other, you know, centralizing everything like you used to do or you had to do really with um, classic or traditional data warehousing, uh, you just sort of, the loosely termed, you just leave your stuff where it is. You know, it really helps with situations where customers go through mergers and acquisitions or or any of this um, growing or, or shrinking uh, 
data landscapes, um, you know, customers split up companies by, by regions, sometimes they're merged on by different regions and so on. Um, so this, these landscapes get more complex or they have to change very suddenly. And, and you know, once you have data movement in there, it becomes a very expensive proposition to work with. Also, when you move data, um, you often have to um, rebuild the context a lot. So it's a lot of work uh, and, and responsibility in, involved in moving data. And uh, we just want to um, give our customers the option to not have to do this at every single time. Right. You, sometimes you can't avoid it. There's, there's no way around this for performance reasons, for, for other reasons you, you have to or you want to do this, but not as a standard that like we used to do with the classic data warehousing. So we also come in as a special sort of flavor and we say business data fabric. We say it's our data management architecture that's really focusing on delivering an, an integrated and semantically rich data layer over uh, various landscapes. So semantically rich, meaning that we provide the semantics uh, that come with the SAP concept, with the SAP data, uh, uh, no matter where the data sits. So we want to um, equip uh, our customers and your organization really to deliver uh, meaningful data to every data con consumer. We mentioned this earlier, the, the business user, we want to strengthen the, the uh, autonomy of the business user. And, but the key thing here is that the business context, the business logic has to be intact. Right, so the data sphere and its open data system and so on, um, uh, they uh, created technology foundation to enable that. And um, it's, I think it's important to highlight again that data sphere is not the same thing as data fabric. And something a question we get quite a few times is, it's the same thing, is it interchangeable? No, so the, the, the overall concept is uh, data fabric. Our uh, approach to that is business data fabric because we can deliver the, the business context of the SAP data. Uh, and the tool or the, the platform that does it uh, is SAP Data Sphere. Oh, wonderful. Kasun, uh, you talked about complex landscapes and you know moving data from one system to another. And we very well know that customer landscapes have such challenges. Uh, have you come across some customer scenario that is already leveraging this concept of you know uh, business data fabric? Yeah, so there are several good examples and stories on the SAP website for DataSphere and another link we should put into the notes afterwards. Um, but just to give one example, Messer, Messer gases, they make industrial gases, so helium, oxygen, nitrogen, and so on, right? They're based in the US, they have about 5,000 or so employees. So very sort of, you know, classic uh, SAP customer example, I think. They had a number of challenges. Um, they had uh, multiple uh, data silos, desperate data sources. Um, they had to rely on numerous uh, third-party visualization tools because of you know historical growth of the company. They merged with another um, company, and they, you know this this typical um, evolution that a lot of our customers are going through. They had data duplication and uh, different data phase versions, of course, you know, and as you know, for on-premises on software, it's, it's always been, the onus has always been on the customer to, to stay up to date. And that didn't always happen with, you know, investment uh, decisions and so on. So they have challenges with different versions, um, but they also had uh, complex uh, data management and analytics infrastructures. And then, of course, with that costs uh, to, to maintain all that, I mean, you have this, these complex systems. You introduce not only cost, but you introduce a certain uh, increased risk 
corporate risk uh, and, and they needed to, to, to mitigate that. And of course, you know, IT budgets don't grow <laughs> they, at best, they stay flat. <laughs> so they had a requirement to reduce um, IT time spent on serving the business community in a non-scalable way. You know, just having this one-on-one -on -one, um, uh, business requirements that need to be served and then need to be modified, be served again. So to resolve that a little bit. And they looked at uh, and implemented uh, uh, Datasphere and um, maybe let me quote from their CIO, David Johnson, he said, the business data fabric architecture enables us to bring SAP and non-SAP data together in the seamless and self-service way we've been envisioning. That's already, I think, a cool statement. So they had the right vision of, you know, make it self-serve, make it business users. You know, IT is there, but for specific IT tasks to govern, to make sure everything is, from a business user perspective, smooth and easy and scalable to do. Um, and, you know, they had SAP and non-SAP data, again, a very classic thing. And I also said that, or he said in his quote, uh, SAP Data Sphere provides us with a solution to build a harmonized layer across SAP and non-SAP cloud or on-premise data sources. So again, that, that speaks to something that a lot of customers have. There's multiple clouds, multiple on-premise systems, a complete zoo of, of systems. Some of them uh, are about to, to expire, some of about to get replaced, some of them need to stay on for some time. And uh, with Data Sphere, uh, Mesa Company, Mesa um, uh, uh, Americas was able to to bring all this together and harmonize this and, and make it a lot easier, more business uh, centric. And they're saying that making the, the best use of our existing investments and then SAP, Microsoft Azure, Salesforce, and Oracle. You know, there's probably just, just very few of their many more systems, but other big investments there, right? So the again, our message is, don't throw everything away that you have. Keep it what you have and uh, keep using it, keep leveraging it. And uh, we're sort of overlaying uh, data sphere as a business data fabric on top of that. And then, um, but that'd be very flexible to adopt to your landscape changes. And you can, you know, over time also then simplify the landscape. Wonderful, wonderful. And thanks, Karsten, for sharing that, you know, cool story. This will definitely bring in, you know, more confidence on how does SAP lives up to the promise to make businesses run simple with SAP and obviously with BTP as the foundation. And I think this is the uh, this is the perfect time to, you know, also dive into this question where, you know, uh, how does uh, SAP data sphere mandate the use of other SAP products? Because the landscapes can be, you know, requiring to bring in data from multiple angles. So is, is it a closed system in itself or how does that piece come into play? Yeah, so I know where you're coming from with this. SAP has the reputation of, of being a closed system, being closed to, to others, right? So being a bit more proprietary. But a data fabric or specifically a business data fabric is best developed together with an open data ecosystem. So we're partnering uh, with leading technology vendors seeking to address uh, customers' needs to simplify and to integrate and to secure the data landscape. So what we've announced is a first set of these open data partners that are core to the value and to the, to the concept of a, a business data fabric. And these four are uh, Colibra, Confluent, Databricks, and DataRobot. Um, we, we have a closely um, integrate um, their data and their, in the case of data 
robot, the, the AI platforms with Datasphere so that customers can access their business data across any of those cloud uh, uh, deployments and across uh, any cloud infrastructure. Oh, wonderful. Uh, you touched upon open data ecosystem, Karsten. Can you give an example on that part? Yeah, so a good example would be Colibra. Let's start with that. Uh, we also just had a, um, a webinar uh, with our um, partners at Colibra. Um, I also put the link to, to the replay there in the, in the notes. But a good example is, is the, uh, Colibra and, and, the, and the data catalog. So they, they are um, a specialist in data governance, data privacy, and in compliance and so on. A lot of our customers have a Colibra installation or deployment um, already on the site. They have a, a deep data catalog uh, capabilities, um, but they always had challenges getting to the, the metadata of the SAP data because you know that wasn't really overly easy to expose that or we didn't really make it so easy to, to get to the data. Um, so Colibra was very good for non-SAP data sources, and um, but the SAP data sources or data and metadata information was a bit excluded. So with uh, this integration and this partnership with Colibra, we are open a bi-directional metadata exchange between Colibra and Datasphere. So Colibra can now integrate the um, metadata information of SAP uh, sources and uh, other way around too, the data catalog capabilities uh, that are included in Datasphere can benefit from information from Colibra as well. Right, so that um, you're not rebuilding or com competing with Colibra. Obviously, you know, you're building a data catalog that's very specific to, to SAP to our you know internal needs. Um, but if you want to enrich this with uh, information from outside uh, of the SAP um, sphere, if I want to use that word, you can use the, the integration with Colibra and, and bring in more data. And the other way around, if you already have that Colibra deployment, you can now finally. Uh, in many cases, customers will say, finally, uh, bring the, the SAP information across. So there's more to come like this. That's just one of the examples, uh, one of the, 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 the few examples we're starting with. There's more to come. Um, so if you're not signed up yet um, for, for SAP Data Sphere, I would say now is a very good moment because um, there will be more information coming out there as well. Wonderful. And yeah, just like Kasten mentioned, if you haven't registered for Sapphire, please go ahead and do that. It would be an awesome opportunity. Uh, but Carson, like, what could be the first step that our listeners can already take to get hands-on with SAP Datasphere? So the first step for everybody who's listening, I'd say uh, go visit our SAP.com page for Datasphere. Um, lots of great information there from, from the benefits to the features, to the customer stories. I mentioned earlier the Mesa story, for example, a couple of other stories in there as well. So our team... Uh, my colleagues on the the marketing solution side went through a lot of effort and i think they did a fantastic job building out these new pages that look really really sharp and and they it's not an overload right it's very easy to digest and 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 get the information that you need and then jump to the next level of information there on that page uh, you have an option for a guided tour uh, and that's this guided tour would walk one through data sphere step by step you click the button uh, you get an, an email with the link username and password, and you can explore um, Datasphere just right away. Right there, you can, from a business user perspective, you know, you can walk right through and explore the features behind that. The very next step, I would say, uh, is what I mentioned earlier, go to the community. Uh, I mentioned my PM colleagues who've done a lot of work 
explaining uh, these new features and new capabilities in great detail. There's a lot of information coming out. Uh, they're very active in, in uh, describing uh, what's new and how to best use it. So I would say the first step would be sp.com and use the, the guided tour. And then the very next step could be uh, the community to get a little bit more detail on, on specific features or specific capabilities. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, and Carson, just like uh, DWC had this guided tour, uh, does uh, SAV Datasphere also give uh, users this trial run that they can already go in? Yeah, yeah, they can. So it's uh, actually on, on two levels or two steps, if you want to call it this. <clears throat> the, the guided experience is there and then there is the free tier. So the, the free tier is a, is a 90-day trial, if you want to call it that. Um, it's available for other products on the uh, business technology platform as well. A guided experience um, lets users try capabilities and some features hands-on, but really only from the business user perspective. You know, users do not get administrative access to, to, to the system. They don't have the ability to bring additional data or something like that. But all this would be possible from the, the free tier side, right? So users can access the standalone deployment, a standalone tenant only for them and allows them to import uh, data and connect uh, to additional data. And um, I would say if you've not had any a touch points with uh, Data Warehouse in the past or Data Sphere now, uh, do the guided experience first, get a feel for um, what that looks like, what it feels like, and then go the, the second step and uh, maybe with an idea of a, of a pilot, of a first scenario or how you can could transform what you have there right now into uh, embracing this business data fabric. Once you have this idea of how a pilot could work for you, uh, go the next step with the with the free tier uh, offering you have there. Wonderful, very well put, Carson. Like if your persona demands exploring more and trying out scenarios, free tier would be the way around. And if you, your persona is only to get a flavor, then guided tour would be the right way to start off. Very well put, Carson. Yeah. And it could be start with one, right? And then the persona realizes that, uh, yeah, okay, now I, I realize, I understand what's, what's in it. Now I'm starting to have ideas and now I'm maybe collaborating with other people and maybe other business groups or maybe with my IP or business development uh, counterpart. And we start to come up with this idea of what a pilot could look like. And then you go maybe together as a group and start the free tier and start your own pilot. Great. So rightly heard you listeners. So don't wait open a new tab and just go to scb.com and kickstart your journey. But thank you so much, Karsten, for taking out time and helping our listeners to learn more about SAP Datasphere. Uh, I'm sure this has given them a good overview and what it has to offer to new as well as to the existing DWC customers. Thank you so much, Karsten. Great. That was Karsten who talked about how SAP Datasphere enables enterprises unleash the power of business data. We also talked about how it provides unified experience for data integration, data cataloging, semantic modeling, data warehousing, federation and data virtualization. You can also check out SAP Discovery Center missions around SAP Datasphere that brings you the business scenarios where the service can accelerate your business transformation, enabling access to authoritative data and enriching all data projects. If you have any pressing questions around SAP Data Sphere, please refer the show notes. There we have given some resourceful links that Karsten just now mentioned to help you get started 
or give us a shout out on our social media channels. Plus, you can also drop us an email at platformtalks@sap.com. That concludes our fourth episode of the year 2023 and number 94 of SAP BTP Talk. I would really like to thank you again for tuning in and staying till the very end. If you were listening to us for the first time and there were terms like data sphere, data fabric, data intelligence and so on that were not clear to you, please let us know on our social media channels or drop us an email so that we can help you understand them. Plus, we are always ears to your feedback. So let us know what you liked, what you didn't, and most importantly, what you wish for in the next podcast. If you want to future proof your business, SAP Sapphire 2023 is ready to welcome you to live experiences in Orlando, Barcelona and Sao Paulo. Also adding to virtual sessions and events that meet you wherever you are. It starts from May 16th, 2023, so don't forget to register on the links which are mentioned in the page below. Sharing is caring. If you agree to that, please share the podcast with your tech friends and family. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. You can listen to this podcast on various mediums like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, to name a few. With that, I was your host, God of Day, aka G, reporting and recording from Bangalore, India. Talk to you in the next episode. Until then, keep listening, keep learning and keep growing. Cheers.